0: Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at John chapter 7, John chapter 7. So if you'd like to turn in your copy of God's words, if you're using a Q Bible, you'll find it on page 893. And we've been uh, going through a series in these four weeks on uh, passages that are connected to evangelism and the the mission of the church, the Great Commission, and uh, I trust that you'll see how this connects to that um, by the end of the message, and it's, uh, for me personally, The Lord used this passage to kind of begin in me, I think, a personal, something of a personal spiritual revival about seven or eight years ago. Let me read this passage, and then we'll pray for God's blessing. John chapter 7, beginning at verse 37. Hear now God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing in this word. Oh, Lord God, your word is a living word, and you are the living God. And we pray to you now through the name of the living Christ, Jesus, that you would speak to your people through this passage, through this word that you would give to us the rivers um, of living water. And so, Lord, to that end, I pray that you would empower your servant to preach, that you would give me clarity, boldness, that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, would take this word and would give us and produce life in us, that your name might be magnified and great and hallowed here. As it is in heaven, and it's in Jesus that we ask. Amen. Well, um, some years ago, my my brother Joel and I—I I, uh, I was going to tell you one of my brothers, but he said it would be all right if I use his name. Um, Joel was out in the Pine Barrens hiking with a friend. It was the middle of summer, and he had gone out just to spend the day in the woods. Uh, tracing around with a, a good friend of ours. And uh, being young and zealous, I didn't think to take water with them. And after about uh, three or four hours, in uh, the um, the heat of summer, began to get thirsty. And uh, later, uh, he, he told us that um, as his thirst grew, um, he became desperate. And uh, at one point, um, he, they were passing by kind of a swampy area there in the Pine Barrens, and he saw an old, a half-drunk bottle of Litton iced tea and dirty just kind of floating in the in the swamp. And he grabbed it, opened it up, and, and chugged it down. Um, and did something what, did what uh, no person in their right mind under normal circumstances would likely do. Um, but why did he do that? Um, because he told us he just, He just knew that if he didn't drink something, he was going to die. That's what his his body was telling him. You know, without water, your body cannot live. You need water. And the same is true spiritually. Without spiritual water, you can have no spiritual life. And in this passage, Jesus is offering spiritual water the water of life to those who are thirsty and so i want to ask you this morning are you thirsty for life for living water now we're going to walk through this passage in in four points first we're going to see uh, you must thirst secondly We're going to hear Jesus say, come, thirdly, drink, and then lastly, flow. So that's the the outline of this this message and this passage here. Thirst, come, drink, and flow. So first, um, Jesus cries out, right? If anyone thirsts. Now, um, thirsty for what? Thirsty for spiritual life At the beginning Of Jesus' ministry In the Sermon on the Mount Jesus says blessed are those who hunger And thirst for righteousness Because they will be filled Are you hungry Are you thirsty For righteousness In your life Are you thirsty To be walking in the paths Of righteousness Righteousness walking in the way of God which brings life maybe some of you memorized uh, as as a youth the first psalm uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he shall be like what a tree planted by streams water, which brings forth fruit in season, whose life does not wither. Are you thirsty for life? For the life of God in you? And Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me. Now ask yourself, is your life, Would you say your life is characterized by um, the fruit Seasonable fruit, fruits of righteousness, the fruit of holiness. Green leaves that don't wither. And Jesus says, this is what he provides, living water to bring forth fruit in your life so that you would not wither. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me. And so again, This message here is for every person here who is thirsty. Thirsty for for life that does not diminish. Life that does not fade. Life that is eternal. Now if you're thirsty, Jesus says to you this morning, through his word, come. Come to me. That's our second point, right? Thirst, come. Now notice here, um, in verse 37, John says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up in the temple courts and cried out, Come, right? Who here is thirsty? Come. Now, Um, The feast was the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus was there in Jerusalem for this Feast of Booths, which commemorated the wandering uh, of the children in the wilderness when God provided daily manna for his people and provided water from the rock for them. So it it was in that feast that Jesus was in in Jerusalem. And by the time uh, that Jesus comes, as a man and, and begins his ministry, there was a tradition that uh, was enacted on the last day of this feast of booths in the temple. And on that last day, which was referred to as the great day, um, a, a parade of people uh, led by priests uh, would take go and take a bucket of water, a big, um, large bucket of water. And they would fill it up in the pool of Siloam and then they would march the temple, the temple courts, and then they would pour out that water. And that was done um, to, uh, to remind them or to enact this promise that we see in the prophets of the Old Testament. In Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 8, we're told that on, uh, in the last day, living waters will flow out from Jerusalem right, to the east and to the west bringing life. We read this morning in our Old Testament reading, Ezekiel 47, Jesus was a given, or uh, Ezekiel was given a vision of this new temple. And towards the end of his tour, the angel takes him out and, and shows him this stream, this flow of water coming out from underneath the threshold of that temple and going east. And so, as the people of God read through his word, they saw there's a day coming when living water will flow out to bring life to all kinds of people. And they were waiting for that day. Well, Jesus stands up on this last day and says, is anyone thirsty for those living waters? Let them come to me because I am the one out of whom those living waters come in Ezekiel forty-seven. That chapter, right? That we saw that that water was issuing from underneath the threshold of the temple. Now there are a lot of people today who think Ezekiel is being given a tour of a physical temple that's going to be uh, rebuilt again in the city of Jerusalem, a, a, a building. But that temple that he saw is not a physical building made of physical stones, but that temple that he saw is Jesus. How do we know that? Well, we go to the beginning of John's gospel here in chapter two, uh, when Jesus is uh, driving out the money changers, the incensed religious leaders say, what gives you the authority to do this? Show us some sign that shows you have the authority to be kicking these people out cleansing the temple and jesus says okay tear this temple down and in three days i will raise it up and they say to themselves it took Herod 42 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days what are you talking about and uh, then john notes he says when jesus was risen from the dead the disciples remembered this what jesus had said jesus said i am the true temple The temple, the place where God, his presence, dwells fully. The temple, the place where you go to be washed clean. The temple, the place where you go to draw near um, to God. And Jesus says, I am the temple. and So out of me flows the rivers of living water. So are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for spiritual life? Jesus says, come to me. And where do you go just to quench your thirst? And there are voices all around us, all around you, saying, come, come to me. You see it on advertisements, on TV, on the internet. Right? The the new slick cars with the the models, right, the, the uh, attractive men and beautiful women. Saying, come, are you thirsty? Come to me, buy me, and you'll have life. Or entertainment and media, politicians, come to me and you'll have life. You can go to music to change your mood for life. You can go to food to quench your spiritual thirst. You can go to substances, you can go to relationships they are all. There are. This world is filled with things, false messiahs, offering false hope. Come to me and drink. And Jesus says, "No, come to me and drink." So thirst? Are you thirsty? Then come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And thirdly, Jesus says, "Come." And drink. Come and drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, how what does it mean to come to Jesus and drink? Well, first, to drink from Jesus, you must come. Which means you must believe in him. To drink from Jesus begins with faith in him. Look uh, at the text. Whoever believes in me. Right? If anyone thirsts, them, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me. And in the Greek, that, that word, whoever believes in me, is kind of a, a tie phrase. It ties, it applies both to come to me and drink. Right? Whoever believes in me, let him come to me and drink. And out of his heart. Will flow through the living water, whoever believes in me. But it begins with believing in Jesus. And what does it mean to believe in Jesus? It's not simply to intellectually assent or verbally assent, okay, yeah, Jesus, uh, Jesus is God, or yes, Jesus died on the cross. To believe in Jesus or believe on Jesus is to embrace Him as the source of life. Jesus, you alone are the source of my life. You alone are the source of life that's true and that lasts. You alone are the source of all life. So to drink, you must first believe. Do you believe that Jesus gives living water? Do you believe that Jesus washes you clean from your sin. Do you believe that Jesus produces the fruit of righteousness in you? Do you believe that Jesus gives you communion with the living God, your creator? Where is Jesus not enough? Jesus says, "Believe in me, I am the source of life." But he says, uh, whoever believes in me, let him come and drink. Now, why does Jesus invite us to drink? Well, this shows us that the heart of the Christian life, right, the root of Christian life, is found in union and communion with Jesus. Communion with Jesus. Remember, Jesus, I quoted at the Sermon on the Mount. If anyone is thirsty, uh, blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Where does true righteousness come from? It comes from Jesus. Where does true holiness come from? It comes from Jesus, and from Jesus alone. The gospel message is not Simply, well, believe in Jesus so you get your eternal destiny taken care of. And then the rest of the Christian life is you making sure that you're obeying God. You've got to drum up the Christian life in yourself. No, the Christian life is about drinking from Jesus. Drinking from Jesus and continuing to drink from him. That's why Jesus goes on later in John 15 with his disciples to Describe the Christian life as as branches in a vine. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And apart from me, you can do only some things. No, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and I abide in you, then you will bear much fruit. I know there are some gardeners in here Um, and I love Jersey tomatoes and my uh, housemate and I when I lived um, in Laurel Springs had for several years a a garden and we would grow tomatoes and every day we'd go out and we would water uh, the the garden and it was amazing. As we watered the garden, you begin to see the the plants uh, sprouting fruit and that fruit would grow and grow why because the water was coming through the plant in right from the vine into the branches and producing that fruit and that's what Jesus says the christian life is when you are in communion with christ when you drink from him you have a relationship with him you believe in him he gives you living water he produces the fruit In your life That's what we see The testimony of scripture The Holy Spirit What is the water that Jesus gives To produce that fruit It is The Holy Spirit Because the Holy Spirit Takes the life of Jesus And puts Jesus In us You remember Galatians Chapter 5 Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, sorcery, enmity, strife, fits of anger, jealousies, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. He says, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, what does he say? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And notice, there Paul doesn't say, the works of the flesh are evident, all, these, all the sin. But the works of the Spirit are, no, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of living water in you. And how do you receive that? By coming to Jesus, saying, I'm empty, I have nothing in myself. I want to drink from you. Jesus, you are the source of life. So Jesus says, come to me and drink. Now, practically, what does it look like to drink from Christ? Well, first you must believe in him. You must come believing, embrace Jesus as the source of life. But to drink from him is to commune with Jesus. How do you commune with Jesus? Well, the means of grace. Think about the means of grace. Prayer, commune, you drink from Jesus through prayer. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, fill me with your life. Jesus, give me your fruits. Jesus, give me your holiness. Spending time with the living God in prayer. Prayer, the word. You drink through drink from Jesus by taking in His words, the Word of God. He feeds you with the Word. In the Book of Colossians, um, Colossians three sixteen, Jesus says, "Let the word." Of, or sorry, Paul says, uh, "Let Jesus through Paul." Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. And hymns and songs and spiritual songs. And then in um, Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians, which follows a very similar outline to Colossians. Uh, Paul says, uh, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you in you richly, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You cannot be filled with the Spirit without being filled with His Word. Because the Spirit works through His Word. That's why it's called the living Word of God. It's living, and after all the glory that man produces is fading. But the Word is living and abiding and endures forever. And when that Word is in you by faith, Jesus fills you with himself. Um, and then, so uh, prayer, a word, fellowship. Think about the means of grace. Right? Fellowship. How do you drink from Jesus? By fellowshipping with his body, because Jesus is in his body. As uh, Chris was saying a little earlier today. Fellowship. And I think it's important to remember, um, to understand what biblical fellowship is. Too often as a church we mistake fellowship for socializing. Now, um, and so, you know, we get done with the service and we have coffee and donuts and talk about the the weather and the eagles uh, and everything under the sun, except the sun. We say, oh yeah, we we have fellowship. Well, no, that's not fellowship, that's socialization. Socializing. And there's nothing wrong with socializing. God gives it to us as a way of right, increasing emotional bonds with one another. But fellowship, fellowship is sharing Christ with one another. Sharing the gifts of the Spirit. So when you're sharing and giving testimony to what God has been teaching you, what God has been doing in your life, and you encourage a brother or sister, that's fellowship. When you pray together with one another, going before the Lord, that's fellowship. When you're sharing the word with one another, that's fellowship. When you're sharing the gifts that Christ has given you, that the spirit has supplied to you to bless your brothers and sisters, right? That's fellowship. So how do you drink? You have it's believe in Jesus. Come believing. And commune with him through the means of grace. So first, come drink. And finally, Jesus says, flow. Look at our text again. Whoever believes in me, verse 38, as the scripture has said, out of of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Now that word that's translated heart in the ESV is literally um, the belly. Out of his belly, Will flow uh, torrents of living water. Now, if I'm sitting next to you, and uh, because and and I'm not feeling too well, feeling queasy, and I say, "I think something is about to come out of my belly," Um, I think you're going to scoot away quickly. And so, Jesus says something amazing: out of your belly will flow rivers of pure, clean, living water. See, what comes out of us by nature? The works of the flesh are evident, right? What comes out of us is corrupt by nature, is unclean. Envy. Jealousy. Bitterness. Anger. Lust, pride, selfishness, that's what comes out of us by nature. But here Jesus says, thirsty one who comes to me out of his innermost being will come something clean and pure, even the Holy Spirit. And why? Why? look at verse 39. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now where was Jesus glorified? When did the hour of his glory come? The hour of his death the cross. On the cross, Jesus took all of the junk from our bellies, from our flesh, on himself. Jesus, as the pure Son of God, took that. And that junk was cleansed by the blood of his cross, on that cross. And so Hebrews 10.10 says, By his offering we are sanctified, washed clean. And three days later, Jesus came out of the grave with life, with holiness for you and for me. And so he says, whoever comes to me, out of his heart will flow as rivers of living water. Jesus, when you drink from him, not only satisfies you, not only quenches your thirst, but in producing his fruits in your life, He makes you an instrument of the Holy Spirit to others. And that is a remarkable thing. Philippians, Jesus, uh, in Philippians 1, chapter 1, Paul said, I pray for you, Philippians, that you would be um, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ." filled with the fruit of righteousness. But what does that fruit do? That fruit that's produced is not simply for us, but it's for the world, for those around us, and for the lost. you remember in Ezekiel 7, we looked at that passage, we read that passage, and Ezekiel's being, he's led through the water, and he's shown the, the depth of this water. It's, it begins to trickle, but it, it it opens up into this river that you can't swim across. And then he takes him, the, uh, takes Ezekiel to the banks and says, now I want you to look um, along the banks. I want you to notice two things about this river. Uh, number one, it flows into the Arava, which is the Dead Sea. Now, uh, the Arava is the Dead Sea. Now, do you know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Because it's so salty that nothing can live In it. But in this vision, he saw, Ezekiel saw that river coming from the temple go into the Dead Sea and make it a freshwater lake. And all of a sudden, it's teeming with all kinds of fish. And uh, the angel says, The fishermen will come and will gather all kinds of fish. And what does Jesus say when he begins his ministry and calls his disciples to follow him? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Well, where do those fish come from? In the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, taking a sinner who's blind and dead in their sin, bringing him to life. And then... uh, Ezekiel looks along the banks, and he sees along the banks of the river trees lining the banks and producing. He says, not just fruit in a season, but all kinds of fruit every month, a constant supply of all kinds of fruit. And then you remember what he said, the fruit will be for the healing, it will be for food and for the healing of the nations. And so the fruit that Jesus produces in your life, when He fills you with the Spirit, is life-giving to others and healing to others. You become an agent of Jesus' work and His Holy Spirit to others. Think about it. When you're filled with the Spirit, your words are no longer words of pride, or foolishness, or bitterness, or anger, or manipulation, but your words uh, or uh, or um, ingratitude, complaining, all of the things that 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 uh, that poison. Instead, your words become words of praise and thanksgiving and truth, and your actions okay, no longer uh, contentious, angry, selfish self-serving, prideful, but your actions, what flows out, kindness, selflessness, love, humility. When people speak with you, when people interact with you, do they encounter Jesus? Does the Holy Spirit pour out from you? And Jesus says, whoever believes in me, out of his heart, his innermost being will flow those rivers of living water. You can become an instrument of bringing people into God's kingdom from death to life as we looked at two weeks ago. You can become an instrument of of helping people, of people becoming more like Christ. You ever spend time with someone who's full of Christ, full of the Spirit, and you just get lifted up and encouraged And you become a little more like Christ because you see him in them. And suddenly your appetite for sin diminishes and your hunger for Jesus increases because you experience Jesus living in another person. This is Christ's design for his church. So, of living water flowing out from your innermost being. And I have to say that is not true about me enough. But Jesus says, come. If you're thirsty, come, drink, and then flow the Holy Spirit. May Jesus fill you With his spirit. And may you here at Method Emmanuel become instruments of the Holy Spirit to a lost world. Are you thirsty for life? Come, come to Jesus, believing that he's the source of life. And drink. Commune with him. Drink from him in prayer, in the word in fellowship and then flow rivers of living water thirst, come drink, flow Amen Lord God we thank you for the gift of life eternal life that you offer through Jesus and Jesus you are the source of living water we believe I pray that you would increase our thirst, that we might come to you. Increase our faith, Lord, that we might follow after you. Lord, help us to drink from you and cause us to flow with the Holy Spirit, that those around us who are lost might know you, that those who know you might become more like you, as we are simply instruments of you so fill us and live and work through us we pray in jesus name amen Amen. Amen.